Hello, church. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I need you. Amen. So I get the privilege of telling you about an amazing book. It's called Encounters with God, How to Become One with the One Who Loves You. And this is written by a good friend of mine, Dina Shoemaker. Are you here? Oh, she's right here in the front. And I want to tell you a little bit about Dina. So um, Dina was a woman after God, serving the Lord. And then she got a disease, and it was called CRPS. And it is such a horrible disease, and it is so painful that they've also called it the suicide disease. And she was in a really bad place, but she did not know God as healer at the time. Uh, but then she began to search after this God that heals, and she got radically healed from this disease. Can we shout out to God for that? Yeah. And she began to go after this gift of healing. And so now she is carrying an, a healing anointing. And you want to read her book because it will not only tell her testimony, it tells the miracles that God has done through her life. And it has so much wisdom that it will help you become one with the one who loves you. So I want to give two of these books away, and I want to give them to two people who have been contending and believing for their own healing. So if that is you, the first two that get here can take them. Come on, come on. Okay. Okay. Okay, I think she beat you. Dina, you need to get with this gal. Yeah, so I have been praying a lot this week. Preparing to preach is one of the most stretching things that I do. And I really need the Lord. And as I was praying for all of you, I shed a lot of tears this week because I always go back to how grateful that I am to be a part of this family. This is just such an amazing family. Was worship so good? Did we just feel the presence of God and the unity in this room? I just got blessed by it. And you, youth, what you're carrying right now. I'm like, come on, I want to go over there. <laughs> I'm so proud of all of you. So I um, always come back to how thankful I am for this family. And I always will tell you that. I will continue to tell you that. But I know that family is important to me because it's also important to God. You know, we were created to be a part of a family where we know each other, where they see us, they know if we're struggling, right? That, that it's an intimate relationship with one another. And we're also, and did you know that people who live in community live happier, healthier, longer lives? It's proven. It's because it's the way it was created. But we also were created to have this intimacy with the Father, where we are communing with Him, we are praying without ceasing, that we hear from Him and He hears from us. And there's a place inside of every one of us that was only created for God and for God alone. And when God is communicating and we are in this relationship and we are in this healthy family, we enter into a cycle of victorious living. Our life just works, right? But if we are not here, or if we are not here, then there, there's an ache inside of us. And that ache does not go away. And we will use any and everything that we can possibly get our hands on to try to fill that void. But the truth is, is that anything we put there only ends up causing us trouble because it was never meant to be there. We were created to hear the voice of God. And when we are hearing it on a regular basis, we are living an abundant life. And we know that we know that we're right where we're supposed to be. Amen? John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. We need his voice. I don't know about you, but life can get really hard sometimes. And it's his voice that when we're hurting, 
It's his voice that comes and it com he comforts us, right? When we are lonely, and listen, we all, we all deal with loneliness. When we are lonely, it's his voice. He's the one that comes to us. And he reminds us that we're not alone. Even if we're feeling like it, we are not alone. He's with us always. When we are feeling discouraged, he's the one. He is the one that comes and puts courage back into us, right? He pushes us. He, he moves us. It's his voice. We're so desperate for his voice. And when we're weak, he is the one that comes and gives us strength because his strength is what carries us on. It's, it's, it's all in his voice. His voice guides us, it disciplines us, it, it encourages us, it reminds us who we are, it reminds us of who he is. His voice is so important and the enemy knows that. He knows that if we are connected to the voice of God, that we are going to be powerful people filled with joy, filled with wisdom, filled with life, that we are entering into the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. So he will do absolutely any and every possible thing to keep us disconnected from the voice of God. So, Let's talk about a few of the ways that he does that. He wants to convince us that only certain people hear from God. Only the leaders or the pastors or the really prophetic people, right? He also tricks us into believing that we're not enough to hear his voice. Not holy enough, not good enough, not smart enough, right? And then he, if he can convince us of that, then we don't believe we're going to hear the voice of God. And then he also will remind us of our past sins and our weaknesses. Because if he, can, if he can keep us focused on all the things that we've done wrong or all the areas that we are weak, then he disqualifies us. And we don't even listen or look to hear his voice because we don't feel worthy of his voice. You know, I shared my testimony on Easter Sunday. And so you all know where I've come from. I should not be here today. I shouldn't. I should be on the streets, strung out on drugs. I should be in a mental hospital, a rehab, a prison. I should be just about any place except this stage. But when I was 13 years old, I encountered his love. And I knew that day that I was going to go after this God, that I was going to go after him with everything that I had. And I was going to learn his voice. And I have been at this for a long time. So if it's okay with you, I would just like to share with you a little bit about my journey of learning the voice of God. Is that okay? So the first thing I want to tell you is that when you start becoming aware of the voice of God, it's a little bit like buying a new car. Whenever you buy a new car, do you suddenly see it everywhere you go? Like, I knew there were white Jeep Wranglers in Boise, Idaho, but I had no idea that the entire valley is filled with them until I got mine, right? So I think that when we start to pay attention to his voice, when we start to want to hear it, and we really become aware of it, all of a sudden, we start hearing his voice everywhere we go. And isn't that what we want? So I'm going to talk about four ways that we hear from God first. Um, the first one is really easy. We all know it. It's through the word of God. John 1.1 says that all scripture is God-breathed. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. So Charles Spurgeon says, when I have been in trouble, I have read the Bible until a text has seemed to stand out of the book and salute me saying... I was written specially for you. So when I went through the dark night of the soul and had to figure out what I was going to do with my life because everything that I had, I lost, um, I decided that I was going to go to, to NNU and get my master's in counseling because that's kind of what I'd always had done. I was kind of a counselor without getting paid. And so I just thought it was the next step. 
So I started school, and my first day I felt so proud to be there, except that I had a knot in my stomach. And I thought it was just maybe because I was scared to death, you know, going back to school with all these millennials. I didn't even know how to do my computer at the time. And so and everything was online. I was not used to that. I was used to school books. Where's my books? Oh, it's all online now. Oh, how do I access that? So, but then again, I got there the second day and the knot was bigger to the point where I was having a hard time taking a deep breath. The third or fourth day, it continued to get worse. My mom was in town visiting, and I came home one day and I said, Mom, we have to pray. Something's wrong. I, I don't know what it is. So we began to pray and pray, and I just, I heard nothing. And so I got my Bible out, and I said, God, I am going to read, and I'm not going to stop reading until you speak to me. Like, I have to know what's going on. And I read and read and read and read, and then all in one second, there it was, the word of the Lord. And he basically was telling me that I was on the wrong path, going the wrong direction. And as soon as I spoke it to my mother out loud, peace came over me and the knot dissolved. And I called my sons, Riley was in Africa, I said, I just need to, to make sure you, you agree with this. And, uh, and they all did. I showed up at NNU the next day to withdraw and found out it was the very last day you could withdraw and still get a full refund. Yeah. The word of God is where he speaks. I have had so many people come up to me and say, Pastor Robin, like, I just don't hear from God. You know, can you give me any idea of what I can do? And my first question is, do you read the word every day? Well, I mean, not every day. Like, I, you know, I have, a, I have my Bible. It's by my bed. And, you know, and I'm like, oh, well, I have great news for you. Like, all you have to do is start reading the word on a regular basis. And I said, something's going to happen inside of you because remember, he is the word. And so the more that we read the word, the more that we want to read the word, the more that we hear the word. Amen? Something begins to happen inside of us where it almost like, and you might not hear the word right there when you're reading it, but something begins to happen and you start to hear and see God everywhere you go. So the good news is that no matter when, where, or how you need to hear from God, just pick up your Bible every single day and you will be amazed what begins to happen in your life. You know, when I was younger, I was not taught a lot about the Holy Spirit, but Apparently, I really did operate in it because I, I literally had miracles happening in my life all the time, even though I was always surprised by it. But I'll tell you what, when my world fell apart and I had no plan B, all I had was God, I was desperate to hear from the Holy Spirit. And so I began to seek the Holy Spirit and want to know more about it. And during that time in my life, my older boys were away, different parts of the world, <laughs> who knows where they were. Mason was younger, so he was still with me. But all of a sudden, all of us in different parts of the world began stepping into the supernatural miracles of the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you, I am not going to lie here, I was skeptical. There were things that would happen that I... I remember Riley called me from Africa and told me this whole crazy story, and I was, like, giving him words of warning. Like, you need to pay attention. Like, he told me he's going to go to this school, and this woman, she raises people from the dead. And, I mean, I'm a woman of faith. I'm like, okay, well, be careful. Um, give me time to go research her, <laughs> because that sounds a little much to me. And so I just didn't know how big our God was, right? But I began to learn. So I'm going to tell a story that's vulnerable for me to tell you, but I'm going to share it with you. And if you're, you can be skeptical because I would have been too, but I also want to tell you that we serve a giant of a God who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we've asked or even imagined. So keep that in mind as I share this story with you. So after I, my, I, my life went through a divorce. I don't even like saying that. But I had to start my life over. 
and I was seeking God. The word was by my chest at night, hungry for his word, and he pretty much called me to move to Orange County. And I didn't know anybody there, but I heard the voice so clearly, and I got confirmations within the next morning, many of them. And I took the biggest risk of my entire life, and I just obeyed the Lord. I sold my home, and I moved. Before I moved, there was an agreement that Mason was going to come, and he was going to live with me. And Mason was like 12 or 13. And, and so I was supposed to go and get all settled, and then he would come. And I did. I found the perfect house for him, the perfect Christian school for him. And, but then the, the, the plan changed. And I am now in crisis because that's my boy. And so I'm having to really, really trust the Lord. And Mason and Jordan and Riley all came from different places. And we went to Pasadena to a really powerful Christian conference. And one of the speakers was talking about how the Holy Spirit, he can speak to you in every single one of your senses, your smell, your taste, your everything. And I was a little skeptical. I was like, I, I don't really know if I agree with that, but okay, I'm going to be as open as I know how to be with this. So we had to leave early from the last service to get Mason to the LA airport. And so we all go and get in my Jeep. And my entire Jeep is filled with the most unbelievable fragrance I have ever smelled in my entire life. It was like a gardenia that went into something exotic and then it turned into orange blossoms. And, you know, I'm a gardener, so it was like speaking to my soul. But the thing is, is there was no explanation for it whatsoever. And we drove to the airport and Mason and I stood at the gate, holding each other, weeping. And everybody around was watching us, but we didn't care because we were in so much pain because we didn't want to leave each other. But while we were standing there, the fragrance began to circle us. And as I put my son on the plane that day, if I wouldn't have had the touch from God, I don't know what I would have done. So I get in my Jeep from LA to Palm Springs. The fragrance stayed with us. And then when Mason <laughs> arrived home, he called me and he said, Mom, you know, he's 12, 13 years old. And he's like, the fragrance stayed with me on the plane the whole way to Idaho. And I was like, no way. And he goes, and the woman next to me kept saying, do you smell that? Do you smell that? <laughs> and I said, what did you say to her? And he said, I didn't say anything. What was I supposed to say? It's Jesus. <laughs> Come on. The children of Israel had a cloud by day and a fire by night. For two solid years, I was guided by this fragrance. And I have crazy miracles that happened when this fragrance would arrive, God is bigger than what our mind can conceive. Jesus said, it's better that I leave because what I'm sending you is a gift. And that gift is going to do incredible things in your life. He's going to bring wisdom and revelation and power and signs and wonders, right? Do we want that? Yes. So next, you can hear God through people. We were never meant to live in isolation. We were meant to live as family. I had friends come last month. My girlfriend and her mother came. And her mom is a Seventh-day Adventist, loves the Lord, but has never been to a church like Riverhouse. And I think during the, the ministry time, she got a little nervous. So she just went to the bathroom. But there was a woman, I wish I know who you were. Maybe you're here tonight who gave her a prophetic word in the bathroom and read her mail. <laughs> she came back out. She's like, I need to talk to you. Did, did you tell that woman something about me over there? And I was like, I haven't told anybody about you. And she was here for a week and she could not stop talking about this woman who knew things that she shouldn't know. <laughs> I said, no, no, she didn't know them. God knew them. 
And God just told her. God can speak through a sermon, a friend's wise counsel, a mother's rebuke, a mentor's phone call, or a prophetic word. Okay, you can hear God through circumstances. Okay, not everything that happens is God's will. We know that. But God is sovereign, and he has the power over nature, over government leaders, over every single thing in your life. Right? Okay, so a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, it was on a Tuesday, I remember, and I was having a really hard day. And I called a very good friend and said, hey, come ride bikes with me. Let's ride downtown and have dinner. My favorite thing to do. So she did. It was a beautiful summer night. Like, I checked the weather. It was great. And so we get over to the sandbar where the Riverside Hotel is, and we stop for a minute to listen to the music and enjoy the moment. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this raging storm comes through. I'm talking, it was, it, the wind began to howl, the rain was pounding down. The, the people that were playing music grabbed their instruments, took off running. People abandoned their food and their tables and took off for cover. And so we ended up running into the hotel. And I got, I was like bummed out because I was like, no, I'm having a bad day and I need to be on that bicycle heading downtown right now. But I was like, okay, but I have no control. So let's just accept what is and get out of the rain. And as soon as I walked into the lobby of the hotel, I knew that this was a divine appointment. I knew it. So we sit down and I'm talking to my girlfriend, but I'm looking, who, Lord, where are they? Within minutes, two women came and sat right next to us, and my heart thumped. I said, okay, what are we doing? So I began to ask them questions, and they were trauma therapists. Come on, you all know what I, I love going after trauma. I love learning about it. So I just began picking their brains, and they gave me a nugget that literally brings me to tears because it was exactly what I needed for what happened to me that day. It was so powerful, but I know God, he's always win-win. So I said, okay, what's next? So long story short, they ended up asking me what I did and there's my in. And, uh, and I started sharing the love of God with them. But these women did not believe in God. And one of them was the director of a huge trauma clinic here in this valley, given her entire life to helping people overcome their trauma. And she really didn't believe in God. So I just wanted to know why she didn't. So I just began asking her questions. Oh, so interesting. Tell me more. And one thing leads to another. When she was 15 years old, she was in a church. She described the church to us, and it sounded like River House. And then she began to tell of uh, something that the pastor did that absolutely destroyed her life. And I am listening, and I began to apologize on behalf of that pastor. And all of a sudden, the love of God began to fall on this woman, and she just broke. She broke. And I, her friends started crying, too. And I got to then prophesy into her and tell her who she is and what she has been doing. The very thing that she needed, she's been giving the world. And she just, they took my number, like, we have to meet again. So we went, and of course, right then the storm passes. Ah, no coincidence there. We got on our bikes, and my friend looked at me, and she said, Robin, you're like a giddy little girl right now. And I said, because everything shifted when God showed up, right? Everything shifts when we hear his voice. God is in the storms. And he can use absolutely every single thing we go to or go through. So if you read in the Bible, in the past times, God has spoken in dreams and visions. He's used nature, miraculous signs, prophets, a still small voice, fire, trumpets, the casting of lots, 
and angels. And if I even recall correctly, didn't he use a donkey? <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, he spoke in the middle of the night during worship services, at mealtimes, during funerals, while people were walking along the road. And if I recall correctly, he would even spoke through storms and through his son. The most important thing, though, is not how God speaks. It's that he speaks, and his sheep know his voice. Amen? So don't limit yourself to how you think he should speak or how he does speak. Just make a decision that you're going to hear him in every possible way that you can. A.W. Tozier says, if you don't expect God to speak, he won't. We were made to hear his voice. I have three sons, and they are all so very different from each other. And whenever I'm going through something hard, I always have to go and talk to my sons, my boys. And, but what is interesting about that is I will tell each of them the same story, but I will tell it completely different. Yeah, it's so interesting. And I will use a different part of my personality with each one of them. When I tell Jordan something, and they will all speak into me differently. Jordan is the one that he will speak hope in me and life in me. He will remind me who I am and where I'm going. And he empowers me, right? Riley, when I go to him, Riley comforts me. And he empathizes with me, and he makes me feel seen, and he makes me feel safe. And when I go to Mason, Mason is so wise, he always makes me see it from a different angle that I would have never seen it before. And he always makes me feel loved. And so it's so interesting that it's the same story, but I get something completely different out of each one of them. And that is the way it is with God. You see, our relationship with God is our own unique relationship. We get a different part of him. Each one of us have a different part of his personality. He speaks differently to us. He, we receive and perceive differently from him, right? It's just completely different. But if you are a born-again, spirit-filled Christian, no matter what you have believed prior to tonight, you hear from God. I want to hear an amen to that. Amen. Tozier also says the one who does not expect God to speak will discount it every time he does speak. I want to see how many of you discount the voice of God. Raise your hand. Be courageous. Too many of us, right? It's time to put an end to that. So there are four ways that we hear from God. Havilah Cunnington teaches all about this, and I've learned so much from her, and I just love her. But I want to share a little bit about it with you quickly. The first one is you are a knower. Knowers just know things. Like there's no aha moment. There's nothing profound that happens. You might just get a feeling, and all of a sudden you just know it. Or I'm the type that will wake up in the morning, and I will just know something. You know, how many of you think you're knowers? Yeah, so good. The Apostle Paul, as we know, definitely heard from God, probably in every possible way. But if you read in chapter, let's see, um, Acts 16, I believe it is, there is a, he meets Timothy, and he just gets this intuitive knowing that Timothy is supposed to come and supposed to travel with him, and Timothy does. And so, so there is just a, a feeling that comes, and you don't even question it because you know it. And one of the things that people ask is, but how do I know that knowing is from God? And so this is what I say. If it comes from God, it's usually going to be something that is, that is filled with hope and that is filled with love. If it comes and it's something that is, has selfish ambition or it's going to make you feel more worthy about who you are, it's usually your own, your own thought. But if it comes with condemnation, and it, you just, it has shame attached to it, then that is a demonic thought. So I was at Ruth Chris, this was a while back, and I had just been given a, a Ruth Chris gift card, a rather large one, and I was really excited because I was gonna take my whole family out to a fancy dinner. And so I'm looking in my purse for my debit card, and I see that Winco card, and in that moment, I know that I'm supposed to give it to the cashier but I didn't. 
I wanted it. And so I start bagging my groceries, and as soon as I do, I know that she's supposed to have this. So I'm digging for my purse. I'm like, I just got to get that out and give it to her right now. And so I finally got to my purse and got it out, and I turned, and she was gone. And I was like, no, I have to find her. <laughs> Lord, help me, because I cannot leave the store without giving her this gift card. And right then, she came walking out of the bathroom. So I immediately walked over to her. Had no idea what I was going to say, except I know she's supposed to have this card. But as soon as I got close, the prophetic word came. And I just began to speak into her. And I just said, you know, I have this gift card, and I just really feel like God wants you to have it. And I said, but more than that, I feel like that he wants you to know that he sees you today and that you are not alone. I feel like today is an important day for you to know that God loves you. This woman just broke. She started crying so hard. She wraps her arms around me and I just hold her and she cries in my arms. And once she pulled away, she looked at me and she said, my 16-year-old son just committed suicide. And today was my first day back at work. And I didn't know if I had what it took to be here. She's like, thank you. I was wrecked. Uh, I was wrecked. When a knower encounters the word from God, little will stop them from doing what they know to do because they just know. The next is a seer. That was one of those words I didn't like. Seer? What does that mean? Until I started digging in the Bible and found that, oh, in 1 Chronicles 29, 29, it talks all about seers. And Nathan and Samuel both are seers. Basically, a seer is somebody that God shows the bigger picture to. Um, seers get these big pictures that encompass their passion. It's God showing you something that nobody else knows about. It's something that's going to happen. And when he shows you something, he gives you the faith to believe for it. The problem is that other people may not have the faith that you do. And so sometimes you're the one that has to carry it but God carries it with you. They see what most people cannot see. They're, vi they're visionaries, they're the entrepreneurs. And when you receive the vision, you receive the faith because God entrusts you with the vision. Yeah, the next one is hearers. Hearers just hear from God. They hear the still small voice that is inside of us. They hear it and they hear every little detail. I mean, to the point where you're like, Wow, I definitely don't hear like that because honestly, a hearer is a sovereign gift from God. It's really special. And what you have to know about being a hearer is that you have to be careful because you kind of can push people away because your gift is so special and you want to tell them step by step, God said this and God said that and God said this. And, oh, guess what God said? And they're like, really? Okay, because I'm not hearing like that. And so your challenge as a hearer is, is to learn to share themes, maybe not the specific details. Dina is a hearer. And I will tell you a story. When she found out that her 70-year-old aunt had stage three pancreatic cancer, so she went to pray for her aunt, who's in her 70s, and she heard the Lord say, She's supposed to live to be in her 90s. And when she heard that, she had the faith for her aunt to be healed. So she ferociously prayed for her aunt, and her aunt was healed of stage three pancreatic cancer. Can we give a shout out to the Lord? So when we're hearing from God, and we all do, we're not always gonna get it right. In fact, I wanna tell you a funny story and then I wanna tell you a really hard story, both quick. When I was young and I had this great faith, um, my cousin came to visit and she had just broken her arm and had a brand new cast on and I had the faith for her healing. 
And first of all, I led her to Jesus. She had an encounter with his love. And then I said, now let me tell you about him as healer. And so I began to pray over her arm. And man, she was crying. The Lord was there. I was crying. And I just knew that I heard him tell me that she was healed. And so I talked her into letting me cut the cast off <laughs> because you are healed. I'm 100% certain. So it's like 1230 at night. I go get a bread knife and I begin cutting the cast off. And it took forever to get that thing off. And then as soon as I did, and I finally was able to pull it around her arm, her arm was like, poink. It was so broken. And she now is in so much pain. And I'm like, oh no, her mom's mean. I'm like, I'm in big trouble. I can tell you, I don't think her mother ever forgave me, honestly. Okay, so not the best move on my part, but I truly believed I just got it wrong, right? Another quick story is I was living in Arizona at the time. This is way back. And my husband at the time's cousin, who I had never met, came to town. While he was there, he got deathly ill and is in the hospital dying. Well, I went to the hospital to pray for him. And I heard the Lord tell me that he was healed. And so I, went, I was leading a group of women at the time. I brought the whole women. And, and my husband was a, a surgical residency at the time at the hospitals. So he was able to sneak us into the intensive care. And we gathered around. And we were praying over him and bringing healing. And truly, I knew he was going to be healed. The Lord even told me I needed to deal with some sin issues in my life. I dealt with it. I got everything cleaned up, ready to go, ready for this man to be healed. So we're in the hospital. I'm alone in the hospital in the intensive room when this man is dying with his family that I did not know. And I'm their new cousin. And I begin to tell them, no, God has healed him. No, it looks like he's dying, but he, he will live. He will not die. And I, who don't sing very well as he's dying, I start singing at the top of my lungs, worshiping God and declaring that he will live. And he didn't. And it took everything I had just to get into the hallway before I collapsed to the ground. And I did not understand. And at the time, it almost destroyed me but what I realized is that we sometimes are going to get it wrong. We just are, and it's okay. Because God honors the faith behind it. And so it's okay to fail. It's okay to miss the mark. God will still bless you because you believed. And I love what Bill Johnson says. He says, if you want the peace that surpasses understanding, sometimes you have to let go of the right to understand, right? I had to let go of the right to understand that one. Hearers hear what others can't, and it is a special gift from God. The last one is feelers. Acts 2.43 talks all about the emotions of God. As feelers, you can walk into a room or into a city, and you can just feel something. They feel what's in the atmosphere. I'm always so impressed when I'm hanging with a feeler because they just, like, tell me what's going on in the room. And it's really a very powerful gift. They're very passionate about what they feel as well. And you catch spiritual moments that a lot of people miss. Um, when I was a second year at BSS, uh, Bethel School of Ministry, uh, I have never dealt with comparisons. It's just not something I struggle with. But every single day when I got to school, I would start comparing myself to all these millennials. And I mean, this school was filled with powerful people from all over the world. So I just thought, gosh, like all my insecurities are coming out. I don't know what to do. Day after day, this was happening to the point where I got so frustrated. I ran out of class one day and my intern came and followed me and I began to tell her what was going on. I said, I don't, I don't even understand who I am right now. And she started laughing. She goes, does this happen at church? I was like, no. Does this happen at home? No. She's like, when does this happen? And I said, every day when I get to school. And she starts laughing. And she's like, Robin, 
you're picking up what's in the environment. You're hanging with a bunch of young millennials who are comparing themselves to one another. She's like, open your eyes. So the next day I sit down and it starts happening. And then I realized, oh, this isn't me. This is what's going on in the atmosphere. So then I was able to step back and start praying for these insecure millennials. <laughs> oh. Benny Johnson says in The Happy Intercessor, her book, she says, when you get a physical burden or you get this sensation that something's going on, first figure out if it's you or not, and then pray until you get to joy. What I personally do is if I walk into a room and I feel oppression or I feel depression or something heavy, I'll go opposite spirit. So I'll say, okay, Lord, this is what I'm feeling right now. So then I say, no, I choose joy. Like, thank you, God, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I just start pushing into joy because I know that the, the atmosphere that I carry is powerful. So I'm just going to go ahead and shift it here. And I'm going to bring in my own atmosphere and release joy because that's how powerful we are. We can carry an atmosphere because he that is in us is greater than he that comes against us. Right? There are seasons when you're gonna be predominantly hearing God in one of these areas, but the truth is, is we all hear from God in all of these ways, if we are positioned to hear from him. I'm gonna close with talking about being positioned to hear, physically and spiritually. So there's power in, in getting yourself physically ready. In Habakkuk 1, Habakkuk is calling out to God. He's talking to God about what's going on in his nation. Everything's just in a disarray. It's a mess. And he's saying, God, how long? How long are you going to let all this happen in our, in our nation? That kind of sounded familiar right there. Like, I think I've said that. <laughs> Lord, how long, God? Help us out here. But after he pours his heart out to God... In chapter 2, he then says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. You see, he was getting himself above the chaos. He was getting himself to a point where he could actually hear and see what God was doing. And so if we want to hear from God, we need to get ourselves in a position to hear from him. We need to get away from our beeping phones, right? Oh, my goodness. We can be in the middle of deep prayer, and all of a sudden you hear that beep, and it just yanks you right out of the presence, right? So we need to turn those phones off. We need to set our alarm clocks, and we need to get up earlier and spend time and, and turn the music down and just be in quiet solitude so that we can hear from the one who knows us and loves us and has so much that he wants to say to us. We need to position ourselves and be still so we can actually know that he is our God. And secondly, we need to position ourselves spiritually. Like Habakkuk, we have to come expecting God to speak, right? You know, it says, you know, resist the devil. Humble yourself unto the Lord. Resist the devil and he will flee. Come near to God and he will come near to you. We have to come into his presence with this, this healthy confidence that says, I am your daughter. I, you called me by name. I am your beloved. I don't just come as a random person looking for something I don't deserve. Like you gave your son, you sent him as the greatest sacrifice so that I could have communion with the father, so that I could come back into the family of God. Like I am important, I matter. And not only do you wanna hear from me, but I wanna hear from you. So I come with great expectation that you have something to say to me today. Amen. We are his sheep and we hear his voice. We need to believe it. Otherwise, anytime he speaks, we're going to discount it. We're going to just think it's a coincidence. Like Levi said, we're going to know the God moment. We're going to see him. We're going to hear him, but we're not going to hold on to it. We're going to somehow let the enemy come and rob us if we don't believe 
that he wants to speak. And I would encourage you to obey the slightest prompting of the Holy Spirit because I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit is like a navigation in your car. You know, you start moving and it tells you the next place to go, right? But if you're not moving, you're not gonna know what to do next. You want to be, thank you, Jake. You wanna obey him. And I have to tell you that usually God is gonna ask you to do the little things. You know what? You're not gonna hear the big things if you're not doing the little things. Do you know that I can never walk into a bathroom that I don't hear his voice so clearly? I'm telling you as clear as if you were sitting here talking to me right now. And he always says the same thing. Could you pick up that trash? Oh, today? That looks dirty. And I'm dressed. <laughs> always. He will ask me every single time I walk into a bathroom. Can you pick up that toilet paper over there? Can you flush that toilet? Ah, oh, okay, I can, Eek. right? <laughs> also, anytime I leave a hotel room, I hear his voice and he always says, do you mind cleaning up all the trash? You can ask my boys, do I ever leave a hotel that I don't pick up all the trash and strip all the beds? I can't. Because he always says, you would really bless the housekeeper if you did these really little things. If you want to have God trust you with the big things, you have to obey first the little things, right? And then you'll begin to step in to the greatness of God. I want to end with a couple of scriptures. Psalms 95, 7. We are the people he watches over, the sheep under his care. Oh, that you would listen to his voice today. Micah 7, 7. But as for me, I will watch expectantly for the Lord, and with confidence in him, I will keep watch. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. He loves you. He created you to be a part of his family. Family is so important to God. If you think about it, the Bible is about a family. Family is everything. You are everything to him. You are his sheep and you hear his voice. And I wanna tell you something, that the Lord is gonna release something. We're gonna pray. He is gonna release a new awareness and you're gonna start to see and sense his voice everywhere you go. And God is going to reveal today anything in your life that's actually an obstacle that is blocking you from hearing it. So we're gonna bow our heads and we're gonna close our eyes. And I wanna pray for you. Father, I am so thankful that we serve a God who actually wants to talk to us. I'm so thankful that you not only speak, but you listen. You hear us and you know us. And so I am thankful, God, that you are here now, that you are listening to what we have to say. And God, I am releasing your presence and your power in this room. And I am asking you, God, to open the eyes of our heart. And, and Lord, show us if there is anything that is preventing us from connecting to your voice. And Lord, I pray right now that your voice will speak. Right now, that every gift that you've given us and every way that you commune with us will be activated in us. And we will see if there is something. Show us, Lord, is there a picture? Is there someone? Is there something that is preventing your voice from telling us who we are every single day? Speak, Lord, because your sons and daughters are listening. As he shows you, you begin to confess that. Break the partnership with the lies that you're believing. Give him 
what is taking the place that he should be taking. Give it to him. Tell him, I want more of you. I am willing to get up earlier. I am willing to commit to being in your word every day. I am willing to turn the music down. What are you asking of me? Tell him yes. I'll obey, Lord. Because your voice is the most important voice that I will ever hear. And I want to hear it. So, Father, bless your children. Bless your sons and bless your daughters with more of your voice, God, with more of your supernatural wonders, God. I just release power in this room. I release, God, the desires of their heart, and our deepest desire is just to know you better. So, God, I just thank you that that is your desire as well. I thank you and praise you for, for speaking tonight, Lord, for coming alongside of me, God, and being the faithful God that you have always been. We love you, we praise you, and we ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.